Our reading for today comes from Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 28. The angel went and said, went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is our reading. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, we come before you this day, and Lord, as we focus on the birth of your son, Jesus, our Savior into this world. Lord, we pray that we would, even though we've heard this story many times possibly, we pray that we would hear it anew today, that we would see the incredible glory that is shown through this story. And Lord, that you would show us new things and new takeaways for ourselves. All this we lift up in your holy name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, we are in our Advent sermon series. Advent is literally, um, it's Latin and the the word means the coming. And so as we are in Advent, it's our celebration of the coming of Jesus. And in our series for Advent, we're going to be doing uh, the boy who is born a king. As we look at the story of Jesus' birth, and we'll be going right through the book of Luke. And so if you're someone that loves to follow along, which we invite, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. And throughout all of the Christmas season, we'll be going through the book of Luke, telling the story of Jesus' birth. And today, we're really going to be focusing on Mary. And we're going to study the background of the story. And then we're going to see three things in Mary's story that speak to us today and encourage us today. And so we'll, we'll dive right in. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1, if you want to follow along, starting at verse 26. <clears throat> and in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, pause, you might be like, okay, who's Elizabeth? Um, like I said, we're starting at verse 26. There's verses before that. Um, and we'll be doing the, the rest of that story on Wednesday night. But Elizabeth is Mary's older, much, much, much older cousin. Uh, the Bible tells us that she was elderly and she was barren. And yet God blessed her with a child and she's going to give birth to John the Baptist. And so if maybe you didn't know that, that Jesus and John the Baptist are actually cousins. Um, and so they're letting us know kind of the time and place. This is during the sixth month that Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So just a a little bit of background here. Um, Nazareth is a small rural peasant community, probably about 50 to 100 people. It's not big. It's not significant. No one famous lives there. Uh, How many of you grew up in like a small little community like that, 50, 100 people? Like there wasn't a lot of young people, you know? So like growing up, it was like, well, he's the only boy your age, so 
you guys together. Um, so uh, Mary's growing up. She's a, a poor peasant uh, teenager. Uh, the Bible tells us that it uses the word in the Greek to, to tell us that she was probably 12 to 15 years old, no more than that. Um, and, and Joseph would have been a little bit older, 18 to 20. Um, and so, I mean, stop and process that for a second. A 13-year-old having an angel coming to her and saying, good news, you're going to carry Jesus. Like, I don't know about you, but that, w- that would not be good news. Uh, that, that would be crazy. Um, and that's exactly how, how this happens. God comes, sends the, the Gabriel, the angel, to this little tiny town, to this peasant girl, and says, you are going to carry the Messiah. And the angel says, look, the the scriptures 700 years ago in the book of Isaiah said that a virgin would give birth. You're that virgin. The scriptures 700 years ago, it was prophesied that it would be of the line of David. The guy that you're betrothed to, Joseph, he's of the line of David. It's you. Like, this is terrifying. And I mean, imagine, I, I know with my wife, like when we get some news like instantly she has like 70 things to that she's already thought about and processed and worried about like like we're one second in and she's just like well, what about this and this and this and this and this and this? i'm like whoa like we just heard how can you do that you know like i'm still on like deciphering the words that were said you know but i mean this is a 13 year old girl imagine the things running through her head instantaneously i mean remember i said she is in a small little community. Those of you that grew up in small little communities, do people talk? And when you are 13 and pregnant and you're telling everybody, oh, no, 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 I didn't do anything wrong. This is God's baby. How does that go over in a small town? Do you, I mean, do we honestly try and pretend that everybody in town was just like, oh, of course. No. Instantaneously, she knows nobody is going to believe me. I'm going to be the talk of the town in the worst possible way. Not only that, 13 years old, she's planning a wedding. How is she going to tell Joseph? I mean, can you, can you imagine looking your fiance in the eyes and going, I'm pregnant, but trust me, I didn't do anything wrong. It's God's baby. How, dudes, how many guys out there, when your fiance comes to you and is like, I didn't get with anybody else, it's God's baby, would be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, sure, let's get married. I mean, everything, everything is upended for her. Some of you know what it's like to get news that upends everything, to change your life in an instant. That's her. Everything changes. And what's crazy about it is the angel's words to her. Do not be afraid, Mary. Do not be afraid. Well, of course she's afraid. I mean, think of all the different scenarios. What are the people going to say? What is Joseph going to say? How, how do I raise the son of God? Like, I'm 13 and you're putting that pressure on me to raise, like, what happens when I'm having a bad day? What happens when I forget to do this or forget to do that? Like, little Jesus is going to be like, Mom, you messed up here, 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 here. What happens when me and Joseph get in an argument? And he's like, mm, that's not what you do. 
you need to apologize. Like, how intimidating to raise the Son of God. And, I mean, even, even how does that even happen? How do, how do I get pregnant from God? How does that work? I mean, all of this is just terrifying. And yet, the angel says, don't be afraid. Well, you know what's crazy is the first thing we learn from Mary is that do not be afraid can either be a command or an invitation. And she takes it as an invitation. She takes it as an invitation. Because I, I know it, at times, do not be afraid. It can sound like a command. See, le- like last night in our house, we have a four-year-old Beckett. Um, we tried to watch the movie Ferdinand as a family a little while ago. Anybody, you know, the, the bull, the Ferdinand um, in the book, cute. Um, and we tried to watch it a couple weeks, months ago. And the, like, early on, the bulls start, you know, fighting and stuff. And he's, like, terrified, runs to his room screaming. And we were like, come on, it, it's a good movie. So last night we were like, dude, we're going to do this. Come on, you can do this. Um, now, if I had walked in there and said, you will not be afraid, I command it. I don't know how your four-year-old works. Mine does not respond to that. Um, but when I go in there, I say, look, hey, there's no need to be afraid. You can sit between mommy and daddy. We'll hold you. We'll tell you what's coming. It's a good movie. It all ends good. And he made it. We had some moments where he tried to get away, but we, we held him there. We were like, it's good. You're going to make it. And by the end, he was like, I loved it. And we were like, good. But in, in your life, God does the same thing with you. God says, notice, the angel didn't say, you have nothing to be afraid of, did he? What did the angel say? Do not be afraid. It was an invitation. You got a lot going on, Mary, but God's going to be with you. And God's going to help you. And you have an invitation to not be afraid. Some of you today, you need to hear that. (laughs) You need to hear that through the pain and the misery and, and the, the struggles that you got going on and all the things you're fearful of and all of the worries and all of the anxiety, that God is giving you an invitation here today to not be afraid. The second thing that we see in Mary's story that, that really impacts us is coming from verses 31 through 37. It says this, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked him this question. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answers. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. The second thing that we, we learn from Mary's story is this. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. God can put a baby in a barren elderly woman's womb. And God can enter into history through a peasant teenager's womb. 
God can raise the dead. God can be put to death and rise again three days later. God can heal you of whatever's going on. God can answer your prayers. God can love you even though you don't think anybody could. God can redeem your life even though you think nothing could ever change. God can take away your shame. God can forgive you. God can give you the strength to endure. God can give you a second chance. God can crush your enemies and God can save you and place you in eternity and wipe away every tear and every sorrow from your life. Our God is the God of the impossible. And Mary asks a simple question. Okay, God, how? And he gives her an answer. The Holy Spirit's going to do this, and what does she say? Okay. Do you think she really understands how he's going to help? No. But what does she know? He can do it. It's kind of like me when I take my car to the shop. I've told you this before. I know nothing about all that stuff. And I, I you know, I, I get there and they're like, oh, this is what's broken. And, and then they start talking to me because I'm a man. Like I know what they're talking about, you know, and they're like, the, this thing is gonna go. And so we're gonna do this. And, and I just sit there and I make that face like I know exactly what they're talking about. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that thing, got it. Here's the thing. I have no idea how they're gonna fix my car. But you know what I trust? that they're going to fix it. And even though they talk to me like I know what I am doing, if I knew what I was doing and could understand everything you're saying, I'd be able to fix it myself. That's why I'm here, because I don't know what that thing's called. So, you know, fix it. And that's how God is with us. We, we sit there and we're like, God, how could you do this? And God's like, I could explain it to you, but you're not really going to get it. Just believe me, I can. Just believe me, I can. That I can do the impossible. Because see, as we look at this story, what's incredible is if God says he can do it, he can do it. And what's sad is a lot of us, we don't even ask or hope or dream of the impossible happening in our life. Because we can't explain how it would happen. So we, we don't hold out hope that God could heal us of this or fix this or bring the, our parents back together or, or fix this relationship or, or get us some job. We, we don't even pray for it. We don't even hope for it. We settle and give up on it because that's impossible. And yet God's going, I'm the God of the impossible. Just because you can't figure it out doesn't mean I can't figure it out. That's the good news, is that God is a lot smarter than you. And that's why we pray to him, and that's why we worship him. And so God says, look, Mary, I can do the impossible. Trust me. And what is her response? I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The third thing that we see is this. Mary had a vision for her life. I mean, remember, she's planning to get married. She's 13. She has her whole life in front of her. She's got a whole little dream of what her and Joseph are going to do. And then God comes and drops this on her. And what does she do? The third thing we learn from her life is she surrenders. She says, not my will, but your will be done, God. Not my agenda and not my plans, but your 
your plans and your agenda, God. I'm your servant. Use me as you will. You see, all of us, all of us listening here today, we have some vision of our life of how we want it to go. We have a plan, we have a hope, we have a dream, we are working toward it, we're longing for it to happen, we're praying for its success. And then, at times, God will drop something on our plate that is not what we wanted. Now look, I said God, not, not you. Because the truth is, many of you are battling through things that are creations of your own mess. They are burdens that you have brought into your own life through your own sin, through your own bad decisions, through your own struggles that you are facing the consequences of. But there are times that things are placed upon you that are outside of your control. And that's what we're talking about here today. Is that God came on to, to Mary's life and said, look, you're, you're going to go this direction. You're going to raise the son of God. This is going to mess up a lot of things for you. This is going to change a lot of things for you. But this is the path that I have for you. And she had to wrestle with, am I going to surrender and give it over to God and live his way? Or am I going to keep fighting to try and live mine? And we have these things happen. <clears throat> a parent gets sick and all of a sudden we have to rearrange everything for the next couple of years and take them in or take care of them or maybe it's a kid or a spouse or a family member or we have someone that gets into some trouble and we've got to rearrange things or we have a special need situation or, or, or maybe you thought you were going to retire but all of a sudden it looks like you need to change that plan and do something else or, or you thought your life was going to look like this, but now it looks like this. I mean, truly, how many of us are living a life that we thought we were going to live when we were little? Anyone? You thought you were going to work, but now you stay home. You thought you were going to stay home, but now you have to work. And throughout all this, God says, look, you have two options. You can surrender and go down the path that I'm putting in front of you, which no, you did not ask for, but I'm putting in front of you anyways. Or you can take that thing and you can let it ruin your life and you can live your life in resentment and anger and bitterness and you can hold on to it and you can fight against it like a fool pushing a, a boulder up a mountain trying to go your own way as I forcefully block you to try and force you back the right way. And yet there's people that lose their whole lives fighting against the will of God. And God says, look, just surrender. Because he promises this. Whatever he's putting in front of us, if we embrace it, if we work through it, if we, and I'm not saying it's easy. A lot of times those things are difficult, they are hard, they are challenging. But he promises this, that in the end it will be to his glory and to your blessing, somehow, some way. But he doesn't promise it'll be easy and he doesn't always promise it'll be fun. And so today as we step back and we look at the life of Mary, you know, here is this 13-year-old girl making an incredibly mature, courageous decision. When I was 13, I was not either of those things, courageous or mature. And here she is saying, I'll be your servant. I'll take this on. 
I, I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know what's going to be said about me. I mean, let's be real. You know Mary and Joseph got harassed. You know baby Jesus, as he was running around, got labeled, oh, there's that supposed son of God. Everybody thought it was illegitimate. Everybody had names for them. But God had a plan and a purpose. And he needed a willing person to surrender and give it up. And so today, here's what I know to be true. There are some of you that are wrecked with fear right now that need to hear that invitation that you don't have to be afraid. Now, does that mean that Mary was never afraid at any point in her life? No, of course she was. But she remembered that she had an invitation. She didn't have to be. And, and maybe for some of you, you're, you're going through stuff and you're not even thinking about the impossible. You're not even hopeful that things could change. You have completely settled and you're just like, you know what? This depression is always gonna be there. This struggle is always, my finances are always gonna be a mess. My relationship with my spouse is always gonna be a mess. I'm always gonna be single. I'm never gonna find, and you've just settled and you've given up. And you're not even hoping for the impossible anymore. And this is the season that the impossible can happen. And for some of you, you just need to surrender. Some of you are fighting against God. And listen to me, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Just give up and surrender. And so we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes, and we're going to go into this time of confession here today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we lift up this, this true story of an incredible young lady who you called to be the mother of God. And Lord, let us learn our lessons. You have a lesson for each one of us, specific to each one of us. We can leave this place and every one of us has a different thing to pull out of this. But Lord, for those of us that are struggling with fear, Lord, let us hear that invitation that we don't have to be afraid. Not every moment of every day that we can lean into you. We can, we can trust that you are with us and we can learn how to grow to not be so afraid. For some of us, Lord, we need to hope again. We need to believe that miracles can happen. We need to believe the impossible can happen because we've settled and we've given up. And it's evident in our lives, it's evident in our relationships that, that we've just given up. And Lord, we pray that you would spark a fire of hope inside of us again. And Lord, for some of us, you're putting something in our life or you put something in our past that we did not want. And it set us down a path that we didn't want for ourselves. And we're still bitter and we're still angry and we've still yet to surrender to you and embrace where you're leading us. Because no matter how hard it was, and no matter how hard it is, it will be to your glory, and it will be to our blessing one day. And so, Lord, let us confess these things before you, and let us also confess all the other things we do, the thoughts and the words and the actions that, that separate us from you and hurt others and hurt ourselves. 
We lift them all up to your son, Jesus, who died on the cross in our place to forgive us of our sin. And all God's people said, amen. What we celebrate this Christmas is the greatest news ever, that the impossible happened, that God sent his own son as a little baby, and that baby boy grew up. And when he was 33 years old, he went to the cross willingly. And he died upon a cross. And on the cross, the Father took all of the wrath and all of the anger and all of the punishment for the sin that we have committed and put it on him instead. And he absorbed that wrath and he died. And then three days he rose again from the grave and he said that we will rise too. That our end will not be a grave. Our end will be eternity with him forever. And that all that we have ever done all that we will ever do, all that we are struggling with now, that it has been paid for on the cross. And that in God's eyes, as he looks at us, he looks at his son, Jesus, and sees his, his punishment, and he declares us righteous and forgiven. That's the good news that we celebrate this day and every day, that you are forgiven. Not because you're so great and you're so awesome and you're a good person, you're not. In this holiday season, you probably realize that more than any other time. You are not a good person. But the good news is, is that God is good. And he died for you. And he declares you righteous because of what his son did for you. And you are forgiven because of Jesus. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen.